Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Live with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Live with Dr. Wendy. I am Wendy Patrick, and I am joined as I am each week with my co-host, Larry Dersham. He's an estate planning attorney, a civil rights attorney. But for our first story, I'd like to emphasize that he's also a constitutional law expert because we are firing up the show with one of the most hotly debated amendments. That's right, the Second Amendment. Why? Because this just in, the New York Attorney General has targeted the NRA, taking aim at the iconic 148-year-old organization. This Thursday, the Democratic Attorney General announced that she is suing the National Rifle Association with the aim of dissolving it. Now, Letitia James, she alleged that senior NRA leaders used millions upon millions, her words, from NRA reserves for personal use and to buy the silence and the loyalty of former employees. James told reporters, the NRA has operated as a breeding ground for greed, abuse, and brazen illegality. In a statement that she read during a press briefing this Thursday, James said the NRA is fraught with fraud and abuse, which is why they are seeking to dissolve the NRA. Talk about penalties sought, because no organization is above the law. Well, we all would agree with that. But in terms of the NRA, her specific allegations are this, that they failed to comply with their own internal policies as well as with state and federal law. So many of you have seen the complaint already. you maybe read it online, you read about it, but here's what it alleges. It alleges the personal use of funds. And you may think this sounds familiar because we often see this, these allegations with big, with big organizations, Bahamas, private jets, expensive meals, costing the nonprofit a whopping $64 million. Now, what did that do according to James? It required the money to actually having been a surplus end up turning into a deficit. Now, you may imagine, and this is actually going on, the NRA president, Carolyn Meadows, is firing back. She basically called the lawsuit a baseless premeditated attack. She said the state's ultimate target is Second Amendment rights. You could have set your watch by it, she says. The investigation was going to reach a crescendo as we move into what? The 2020 election cycle. Now, many of you that have followed this story were already thinking that. Why now? Why New York? We'll tell you why in a minute. But the why now portion of it has a lot of people talking because this investigation has been going on since the beginning of 2019. And we are now 87 days out from the election. We are even closer to people that are going to start casting ballots and voting early. So according to the NRA president, she says, quote, it's a transparent attempt to score political points and attack the leading voice in opposition to the leftist agenda. She calls it a power grab by a political opportunist. She calls it a desperate move that is part of a rank political vendetta. And talking about what her members think, 
She says that her members won't be intimidated or bullied in their defense of political and constitutional freedom. Meadows vowed the NRA will not shrink from the fight. They will confront it and they will prevail. But at this point, boy, it doesn't take long, does it? Lawsuits are flying back and forth as both sides are firing back. Apparently, the NRA, of course, has filed a countersuit seeking a court declaration that the organization is actually following state not-for-profit law. Another portion of the countersuit alleges James is targeting the NRA for its political positions, which, of course, is violating the organization's right to free speech. Here's what they say about that. They say the New York Democratic Party seeks to harass, defund, and dismantle the NRA because of what it believes and what it says. The countersuit basically says only this court can stop it. Now, of course, the AG fires back again and says this has nothing to do with the president. It has nothing to do with the NRA. It has to do with the behavior of the executive. So this is all going back and forth. James is denying the suit was politically motivated, motivated by the NRA support for President Trump. She basically says, you know, the NRA's influence has been so powerful, on and on and on. But let me just answer one question that I'm asked frequently, or at least have been asked frequently since Thursday. Why New York? Well, NRA and the NRA as an organization is subject to New York law because it's registered as a nonprofit in the state where it conducts most of its financial transactions. Now, its national headquarters is in Fairfax, Virginia, of course, which is 20 miles west of Washington, D.C. So this is going on back and forth. But Larry, this is actually a much larger issue than the specific lawsuits that are flying back and forth between the NRA and the New York Attorney General. So if Miss James' lawsuit, if it's the culmination of an inquiry that began in February 2019, it's been playing out in the media, we've got an election in 87 days, and if the allegations are true, I mean, think about, does it justify seeking to destroy the organization itself? I mean, is that the appropriate remedy in this case? After all, if the allegations are true, wouldn't the right remedy maybe to be seeking reform and refunds? And what in the world is this going to do to people that maybe didn't own guns yet, but were thinking about it? How are they going to respond? Exactly, Wendy. I couldn't agree more. So this is the left solution to making America a better place to live, I guess. First, defund the police, not only limit their budgets, but actually defund and abolish them. Second, let the prisoners out of jail because they have or may get the Chinese virus. So let's see. Uh, now we have no police to call when we need assistance. We have the criminals out of prison to roam our streets. Now let's see, the left says, I guess, we need to do one more thing to complete this recipe for disaster. Yes, that's it. We need to take all the guns away from law-abiding citizens so that only the government... Uh, police forces and troops, Antifa, BLM, and the freed criminals have guns. Perfect. Just like that bumper sticker used to say you used to see on the back of trucks and cars. If uh, you outlaw guns, then only the outlaws will have guns. And I, I really believe that. And sometimes I think, Wendy, that I'm in a bad dream and I pinch myself. But then I realize, no, this is the reality we're living in today. So... 
You know, it certainly has been the trend. And I'm going yeah. to ask you in a minute about the, the pandemic and how that's affected things. But even pre-pandemic, we were having the same kinds of conversations. There was the do guns kill people or do, kill, do people kill people and good guys with guns and gun-free zones. I mean, those have almost become rote sound bites used in households across America. And that's been true for a number of years. However, I understand that things are very different during the pandemic what have the statistics shown uh what's the sentiment been since march you're right wendy so amidst uh, amidst all the chinese virus lockdowns the funding of the police and the leftist inspired rioting in the streets that we see every night in the news so what's happening with gun sales well according to forbes gun sales are skyrocketing amid all the pandemic and unrest fears apparently when it comes to uncertain times america turns uh, Americans turn to guns in droves. So according to the FBI reports, the agency conducted background checks on nearly 4 million people looking to buy guns in the month of March alone. And that figure is 1 million people higher than in the previous March of, uh, of last year. So people are turning on the news and they're looking at what's happening in their neighborhoods and they can't help but be concerned uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Dan Pritovich, and he's a Denver-based former cop turned firearm instructor. And he says people instinctively know that the police are minutes away when seconds count, and they want to be able to protect themselves and their family should the need arise. So for security, you know, say, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I couldn't say it better. Seconds away, minutes away. I mean, doesn't that just really drive the point home that seconds are what counts and what are people going to do if they can legally own guns but like you said they're afraid to have them exactly and check this out wendy according to the national shooting sports foundation there were more than 2.5 million new gun owners in the first half of 2020 an unprecedented surge and that's on top of what's already the most heavily armed nation in the world that being us the united states according to a report by the small arms survey there are nearly 400 million guns in private ownership in the United States. Nearly half of the global total of all guns owned are here. That's more than the people, the uh, number of people in the U.S., 400 million guns. Larry, what do you think that this lawsuit is going to do uh, really to the NRA? I mean, I understand what they're seeking to do. The NRA, of course, is very powerful. Um, but as a practical matter, I mean, put on your constitutional law hat, uh, and your civil attorney law had. What do you suppose is going to be the result? I mean, now we know that it's not a criminal action, and I want to clear that up because I've been asked that a lot since Thursday too. Right. What, what crimes are they being charged with? They're not. But of course, the attorney general says they bring civil actions now and then. This is one of those. They, of course, have been very clear, very transparent, and very forthcoming about the fact that were they to uncover evidence of wrongdoing that violated criminal laws, well, then they would simply refer the case over to the district attorney's office. I know a lot of people hear attorney general and they think, oh, that's a criminal prosecution. Not so here. But back to the practical aspect of having a high profile law like this with obviously political overtones is what the allegations are from the NRA. An election coming up in what is it, 87 days with I mean, could this backfire? Uh, would it maybe cause people that weren't going to vote to now actually be even extra motivated to go to the polls to make sure that they elect someone 
that is going to maintain their right to bear arms and maintain the protections that come with that right, i.e. to protect your home, to protect others, to protect yourself. What do you think is a practical matter is going to be the result of this lawsuit? We know it's not going to be over by the time of the election. Well, It'll exactly. likely just be heating up right about then. What it, do you think? Exactly. Well, uh, Mark Smith, he wrote an article in Breitbart. He says the NRA lawsuit will backfire and drive gun owners to the polls. And, you know, gun owners are not only Republicans, they're Democrats, they're Libertarians. There's people that don't yes, belong to any party. And when you turn on the news every night, you know, let's be truthful. I mean, I'm thinking, how am I going to protect my family if some of these groups come down my block? And what am I going to do if they start to, you know, pound in the door? Do you remember? Do you remember when the rioters were saying we're going to go into the suburbs? Absolutely. We're, we're done with rioting downtown. Now we're going to hit the suburbs. I cannot tell you, everybody I know barricaded their doors and windows. I mean, what do you do if you have a gun? Can you use it? Can you take it out? Can you load it? So, I mean, these are very practical questions that are implicated and that are being asked as a result of this lawsuit. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more after the break, but stay with us. You are listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. Back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to Headline Highlights Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Live with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Live with Dr. Wendy. Well, as we continue a summer of stay-at-home fun in the sun or surf and sand socially distanced, whatever you are choosing, we are constantly inundated with updates about how to stay safe and healthy. Mask, no mask. No, now it's a mask again. Mask indoors. No, now it's a mask outdoors. Regular mask, N95. Different risks indoors and outdoors. Children, are they more contagious, less contagious, more or less likely to be asymptomatic? Schools are open, now they're closed. Bars are open, now they're closed. We have been faced justifiably so and understandably because it's a new virus in a sense. We have many more questions than answers. But luckily, thank God, we have a guest here to help us sort some of this out. Larry, who do we have on the line? Yes, Wendy. Our guest today is Dr. Caroline Graves. And Dr. Graves graduated from Kirksville College of Osteopathic Medicine and works in North Kansas City, Missouri. She specializes in osteopathic manipulative medicine and family medicine. Dr. Graves is affiliated with the North Kansas City Hospital. And Dr. Graves, by the way, is also an expert on COVID-19. So welcome to the show, Dr. Graves. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity from both of you. Uh, Thank you. So we have a lot of questions for you. I don't know if we'll be able to get through them all. Uh, But Dr. Graves, what do you know about the origins of COVID-19? Did it originate in Wuhan, China? And did the Communist Chinese Party have anything to do with it? I I guess we'd be guessing a little bit, but what do you think? Well, let's look back um, into 2005. uh, And we know that there was viral studies being done at Fort Detrick. We know uh, that in 2015, uh, that Fort Detrick was actually, as you probably already know, and many of your listeners know, they were working with Ebola 
uh, and they were working with uh, some other types of uh, diseases that could be pandemics. And they were also surprisingly working with bat coronavirus at Fort Dictric. Now, there are only about four labs across the United States that have the licensing to work uh, with such uh, dangerous viruses, uh, and especially if they are going to be uh, actually um, developed for bioweaponry. And so, uh, and one is in North Carolina, one is in Boston, of course, and the other one, Vanderbilt, and then then, uh, then Fort Detrick. And so, it's questionable because we do know that there were some uh, of the Chinese nationalists that were leaving this country. And if you remember correctly, uh, the the one from Boston uh, who was leaving uh, the airport. And they found vials uh, of uh, actually material that he was going to be taking back to uh, China. I remember that. Now, what, when I, you say bioweaponry, just to put this in context, because uh, you're giving us great information, can you tell our listeners what exactly does that mean? Well, it means just kind of what it sounds like, uh, unfortunately. And very unfortunate. Uh, unfortunately, uh, yes, it is. When, when humankind has come to the point where they will use uh, viruses uh, against another country or against the world uh, and release them out into the world uh, to actually do uh, what it is doing, and that is killing and causing a lot of suffering, uh, causing economies uh, certainly to be lost. We do know this. Uh, back uh, early, probably around in March, um, the, um, there were some Indian scientists, and they uh, actually took the uh, coronavirus and they sequenced it. Now, what does that mean? And no, they didn't put glitter on it. Um, <laughs> what they did is they actually took it apart and they said, okay, what is in this virus? Now, viruses are uh, segregated from the standpoint of with a coronavirus will mutate, yes, and it will mutate with other of its kind, such as other coronaviruses, because there's many different types and kinds. However, what the uh, doctors in India discovered is that this particular virus has four different places within its uh, lineup of the DNA that looks like it has been perfectly placed, what we call a glycoprotein 120. Now, that is part of the HIV-1 virus. In nature... And a, a uh, HIV virus does not mutate with a coronavirus. It doesn't happen in nature. Wow. You know, and, um, so, it, and this is this is part. I want we want to get to another question with you uh, because we our time is short. But is this part of the rationale that 
um, lead you to believe that this is more of a biowarfare agent as opposed to a naturally occurring mutation. That's what it sounds like. Yes, ma'am. Yes, and you know, part of part of why um, that's important, there are so many different theories about this, and it's hard for most of us to really know what to believe because there's, you know, as you know, as, as a doctor that has a specialty, there are different doctors that have been speaking out. Um, it's not just Dr. Fauci, there's doctors around the world that have widely varying opinions about where this came from, what it does, whether it's mutating. But we want to, we always say on the show, we have a silver lining. So you are also our silver lining tonight because we want to ask you about when you think we might expect some sort of a vaccine. What do you think about that? Please don't even talk with me about the vaccine. Um, uh, <laughs> What's please, your opinion? If, if you if you want to light my fuse, you just lit it. Um, the That's okay. You know why? Because the first the first half was about the Second Amendment, so it sort of <laughs> it fits the theme. Well, we might as well go on with the let's fi- let's fire it off. What do you let's think? Let's fire it off. Um, the okay, you have different vaccines for uh, viruses. Say. Let's use something that is fairly common to us, which is the measles, measles vaccine, okay? The measles virus is a stable virus and is a natural virus. Nobody uh, took that and bioengineered it, okay? And so we have a virus that I would say, um, I hate to use the word unstable, but it certainly is something that we have never faced before because we have not had a part of an HIV virus and a coronavirus certainly come together. And so what you have here is a, uh, the part of the HIV virus. And I want to also make sure your listeners know this, that Dr. Fauci has patents that he has secured on the glycoprotein H, um, the glycoprotein 120, rather. And so I could not, for the life of me, when I first read this from India, I just kept reading it and reading it. And we have about 30 seconds. Said, I'm so sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Anyway, the Good virus stuff. is too unstable. It's too unstable for a, for a vaccine. And for okay, the time you, know, you would make one, it wouldn't be stable. That is such great information. That is the kind of information that people are listening, they're looking for, and they're gonna take it, they're gonna compare it with all the other voices that they hear. And it's, you know, I'm so glad that you are out there talking and explaining. And, you know, this is new information to a lot of our listeners who just watch one news station or the other. So um, I wanna thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you, by the way? Do you have a website? You know, I do not. I've been so busy taking care of the coronavirus patients. Amen to uh, that. You've got your priorities in the right place. Well, we're going to put out your information on our site. We've got your Twitter handle, and we're going to make sure that people know where they can find more about you. But we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And our prayers are with you and the patients you treat uh, as we all battle this together and collectively. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Doctor. You've been listening. You've been listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. Thank you for joining us on another Saturday night. God bless you. We will see you right back here, same time next Saturday. Have a great week.
Thank you for joining us for Live with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.